Hi everybody, welcome. Welcome to worship today. We are really glad you're here, wherever you're at. Thanks for worshiping with us today. I'm Jim and I serve as a pastor here at Schweitzer, also a host for our experience today. If you're a guest with us, thanks for being here. We have a gift for you. Check in with us and we'll send a Starbucks digital gift card out to you right away. Today we're excited to continue. It's week three of our series, The Way of Wisdom. We're going to explore the scripture to see what the gift of wisdom is and how it applies to our lives, how God changes us and really wants us to have wisdom. So we look forward to this. And if you'd like to go deeper into the message, we have a uh, link, sumc.co slash next, where you can go deeper. There are discussion questions and more. So feel free to do that. We encourage you. And now let's, uh, let's hear from Stephanie, who keeps us connected here at Schweitzer. Hey, I'm Stephanie. Summer is such a great time at Schweitzer, and there are a few dates that we want to keep in front of you. First, on July 15th, Schweitzer will be hosting a blood drive in the Outreach Center from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. This is a great way to serve the community all around us, and we'd love for you to come and be a part of that event. We often talk about groups and classes here at Schweitzer, which are a great way for you to get connected. But sometimes in our lives, we face questions or decisions and just need a little extra support or encouragement. We actually have a group here called Discipleship Mentors who are here just for that purpose. Consider sharing your story with one of these mentors and finding some extra encouragement in your life. You can learn more at sumc.co slash groups. Once again, thanks for being with us this morning. Let's continue with worship. Thanks so much, Stephanie. We really appreciate you. We invite you to engage today. There's a chat feature on your screen. Say hi to your friends, uh, connect with others. If you'd like to receive prayer, there's a prayer button. Uh, Feel free to receive prayer today. We uh, would love to do that with you. And now let's uh, continue worshiping. Let's celebrate God, celebrate each other. Let's worship. Come 
This week, as we come to our time of prayer together, we are centering on the virtue of integrity, which is a big part of wisdom. How integrity is is central to our lives as followers of Jesus and is a crucial aspect of wisdom. So let's let's begin praying together and then we'll have a time of silence as well to uh, pray personally and reflect personally. But let's begin. Holy God and kind, kind Father, We confess that we are often distracted and focused on ourselves and just busy. And so we need you to shape us, form us into people of real integrity. We invite you into our innermost being to to know us, to cleanse us, to change us from the inside out so that we can, in every aspect of our lives, be honest with ourselves and others, to be aligned with your will, not ours. We know that that's, God, we we know it's not always the easiest path, but you seek for us a life of, of integrity that changes us and changes the world as you would have it. And now let's let's spend some time together uh, praying with regard to our integrity and how God can shape us. We thank God that God can restore us, make us whole, and shape us into people of integrity. And now let's continue praying the prayer the Lord taught us with boldness and confidence and humility and with integrity, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks be to God for God's grace and generosity. As we come to this time of offering, we give back to God. It's an act of faith. Our response and faith, trust, and love is to give back a portion of all that God gives to us. And we, we know, we trust God will bless these gifts and magnify them for His good and holy purposes. We thank you for your gifts, your tithes and offerings. Make a big difference in the lives, impact lives here on this campus and well beyond. So thank you for your generosity. And we can continue to give by going to sumc.co slash give, also on the Schweitzer app. That's a great way to give as well. Again, thanks for your generosity. Hello friends, I'm Pastor Jason. Thanks for joining us in worship today. Today we're continuing a series that we started a couple weeks ago called The Way of Wisdom. Today we're going to hear a, vo- a verse from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. There we hear this, these words, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Now imagine, if you will, a couple of parents and their kids gathered around a campfire or a mom or a dad out hiking with their kids on a mountain somewhere. And you do all kinds of conversation in those spaces, don't you? You talk about the the events of the day. You talk about big dreams down the road in the future. You talk about things that matter. Sometimes it's just little things. And sometimes you talk about the lessons that you've learned in life. When we open up the book of Proverbs, we hear a couple of different messages. One of the first messages we hear is this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The almost uh, the first ten chapters of or the first nine chapters of Proverbs is about how when we look to the Lord, we find wisdom for the ways in which we we can walk in life. But the second part, beginning in chapter ten and moving forward, the writer really has this approach about a parent or parents who sit down with their kids and they begin to unpack in different places in life the significant realities of life that are important for anyone's life moving forward. Tim and Kathy Keller uh, wrote a marvelous year-long devotional on the book of Proverbs. And one of the things that they, they described the book of Proverbs is, is like this. They described it in contrast to Psalms. They said, if the Bible were a medicine cabinet, Psalms would be the ointment that you would put on inflamed skin, skin to calm or heal it. But Proverbs would be more like smelling salts to startle you into alertness. Or Derek Kidner, a significant voice from the old, uh, who thought and, and wrote about the Old Testament during the 1900s, he talked about the book of Proverbs as a way where Scripture puts godliness into working clothes. And so that's what the writer's doing in this moment. When we hear the proverb, when the writer says again, people with integrity walk safely. But those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. The writer's not only giving us something that we can frame and put on a wall, but they're giving us a a truth about the reality of life day in and day out. That if you want to live a life where there's freedom and peace, where there's a lack of fear, 
You need to live a life where there's integrity, where the words that you use and the actions that you take in life, they match up. They're in agreement. Generally, the writer of Proverbs will tell us that if your words and your actions match, if you live a life of integrity where people can count on you that what you say you'll actually do, then the writer says you generally have nothing to hide. You generally have nothing to fear. The writer's perspective is that this way of walking, a way of walking with integrity, leads to happiness. It leads to having a sense that your life is safe and there's a stronghold from the storms of life. And if you read throughout the rest of the book of Proverbs, integrity generally leads to a life that really is prosperous. It leads generally to wealth. One of the business places that I've taken taking a liking to because of their modern spins on the Proverbs is Jimmy John's. And one of their sayings that they have placed up on one of their walls is this, honesty, it's not only morally right, it's also highly efficient. Jimmy John's, in posting this kind of proverb on their wall, they're speaking to the certain realities of how the world functions. And it functions in a certain way. Jimmy John's may not reflect this, but the writer of Proverbs understands this. The world functions in a certain way because it's reflecting the very nature of God and the way God values life and honesty and, and the congruence of words and actions. And these are weaved into the, into the way the world works because they're part of the economy of God that is reflected in the very fabric of God's creation. So we get a unique sense that integrity really matters. We also see this in a, in a negative way in Lin-Manuel's story of Hamilton. In the presidential vote of 1800, uh, Manuel tells us that people were coming to uh, Alexander Hamilton and they were asking him, who was he going to vote for? Was he going to vote for Thomas Jefferson or was he going to vote for Aaron Burr? As the questions kept coming to Hamilton, in Lin-Manuel's words, Hamilton comes to this this decision point. And he says, Jefferson has my vote. I have never agreed with Jefferson once. We fought on like 75 different fronts. But when all is said and all is done, Jefferson has beliefs. Burr has none. What Aaron Burr lacked in Alexander Hamilton's perspective was integrity. His words and his actions, they just were missing in many times on some of the most controversial and significant things in, in life. And what Alexander Hamilton valued about Thomas Jefferson was that his actions and his words, they matched. He may not have agreed with them, but they matched and he was, they were, he brought something to the table. He brought consistency to the table. He brought trustworthiness to the table, even if Hamilton himself disagreed with him. So integrity matters. Now there are two cautions about integrity that run throughout the pages of Proverbs and throughout the rest of Scripture too. Two cautions. The first is this, that just because somebody develops integrity early on, and integrity can lead to a lot of different things, like it can lead to, um, it can lead to wealth, it can lead to significant influence, it can lead to significant positions of, of power and authority. Just because one develops integrity early on, and it can have those kinds of outcomes, doesn't mean that integrity sets around like a trophy in a case. No, in fact, integrity is something that you have to continue to give yourself to. You have to continue 
to follow after the way of making sure that your words and your actions match up. Because the writer of Proverbs knows that wealth, wealth and power and influence can lead us to a place where we don't think we have to walk in integrity. It can lead, in fact, the writer talks about how when you have those things, you can succumb to bribery or you can succumb to injustice. Integrity has to be practiced over the long haul of life. This is challenging. And for many of us, we've been down that road and we know what that's like. Um, We know what that's like. The other caution is that to walk in integrity doesn't necessarily mean that the sky is always going to be blue. The flowers are always going to be pretty and without weeds. Though generally, the writer tells us that integrity has great things that come from it. The systems and structures where people walk in the shadows, or as verse 10 of chapter 10 says, people who wink at wrong cause trouble. When we walk with integrity in the places where there are people who wink with an eye of evil. To walk in integrity means to walk in the light. And to walk in the light means to bring the light to places where people may be very happy with darkness. The Kellers write about this thought that just living with integrity will irritate many people. This is why simple goodness will attract hostility, just because it is good. And Jesus knew something about walking in the light and facing difficulty. The teacher of the Proverbs uh, could think of many challenges. And yet at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the thing that mattered so often to those who were wise, who had gone before the teacher, to those the things that the teacher themselves had experienced was this, to let your voice and your actions match up, to be congruent and to have a true self that other people see that you get to lie down at night knowing that what you've said and what you've done, they've matched. And doing that means that you live into goodness. And not just goodness or morality, but you live into goodness that is God's goodness. While we can uh, affirm goodness and integrity, we can encourage one another that integrity matters. While we can even talk about integrity in lots of different places in our life and how it's important and we value it, the truth of the matter is, is that for many of us, we find it hard to walk in a way where our truth and our, and our, our speech and our conduct fully match. There is a charge that is oftentimes made against the church, that the church is a community where we talk frequently about integrity, but at the end of the day, we fall short. This charge, in fact, is true to a point. And when the charge is true, we can let a couple things happen. We can either let the charge derail or discourage our faith, or we can understand that we're not alone. And the fact of the matter is, The fact of the matter is, is that this lack of being fully congruent, this lack of being able to walk fully with integrity, doesn't just, isn't just overcome by our moral muscles. But we need something beyond that which is within ourselves. We need the power and the strength and the presence of the Holy Spirit to walk fully with integrity where our words and our actions match fully 
We are people who need the power and the transformation of the Holy Spirit to be present and active in our lives. Romans 7 and 8 tells us of the struggle that that the Apostle Paul had, that a lot of other people in the New Testament have, that you and I have, is that if we want to be people who walk in truth and integrity, where our words and actions match, we have an inner struggle and an outer struggle. Paul says in Romans 7, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Then he says, who will set me free? He goes on in Romans chapter 9. He says, thanks be to God. The spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to our mortal bodies by the same spirit that lives in us and in you. So the writer from Proverbs says this, to walk in such a way of integrity, where our words and our actions match up and are congruent, it matters. To walk in that way is to walk not only in in a way that's highly efficient in life, but it's just simply the way of God's goodness. And God has a blessing and there's a blessing that comes to, to us because of it. But, We struggle. We all struggle to walk in integrity. So on this weekend of Father's Day, there are three challenges I want to bring to the dads that are watching this. And these challenges are are challenges for myself. The first thing I want to challenge you with is this. Value integrity. Let Let your words and actions match up. Do your best when you say you're going to do something to keep your word. And and to keep the promises you make. Be real. Don't talk out of different sides of your mouth. Don't have a, a projection of who you are in, in this place and a different projection of who you are in that place. Do your best to be your true self. As far as it goes with you, do your best to let your life, your words and your actions be congruent. Secondly, when you live who you truly are, you're going to have to need to apologize. I was at a party recently, and one of the comments that was made at the party was this, guys never apologize. And, and, the, and the commenter went on to say, and they never apologize because they never think they're wrong. When we live our true selves, we discover that much of our lives are out of sorts with the way God made us to be, with the way God would like us to be, with the way who we really want ourselves to be. And so, uh, how, do we, how do we begin to set things right? Well, the first way that we begin to set things right is to apologize. And in the midst of apologizing, to admit that we have a real need for the Holy Spirit to be present in our lives. And here's the final piece, the final encouragement. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in your own life to lead you into a life of integrity, to do a work of transformation, however long or hard it may be, but to provoke us when we're untruthful, to prompt us when we need to express courage, and to comfort us when our work and striving is enough for the day. Invite the Spirit to come and do a, a work in your own life. So to walk in integrity matters. And when we do it, God blesses it. To walk with integrity is a difficult task. 
And it comes in part over time as we watch our words and our actions match up. To walk in in integrity happens on a greater scale when we invite the Holy Spirit to do the work of transformation in us, to free us from our internal conflicts, to set us at peace in all kinds of circumstances, and to give us courage when we need to speak and act in truthful ways. Hear this again. People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. The Lord bless you for joining us today. May you be a person who walks with integrity and in safety. Amen. Hi, my name is KJ Relke. You've probably seen my name pop up in the lower left of the corner and been like, how do you say his last name? It's pronounced Relke. I'm the worship and creative director here at Schweitzer and I have fulfilled this role for the past six years. Um, I obviously do all of the worship stuff, the modern worship stuff, um, but some things you may not know or may not have realized uh, is that I have been a part of really kind of all of the creative endeavors at Schweitzer over the past six years, uh, including but not limited to website development, um, communications and marketing, a lot of the short films and things, of course, our uh, Psalms Project album, which you can find on Spotify, and um, everything else that wasn't included in that list that I just said. When I first got the job at Schweitzer, I was fresh out of college. Uh, my wife was finishing her senior year at Mizzou, um, and I was just excited to be uh, three hours away from her and not have to do an incredibly long distance like we had expected that I would have to do, that we would have to do. When I first interviewed here, I thought that I was going to be here for two years maximum, uh, and it has now been six years, which is absolutely bonkers to me. Um, but it's been a really, really great place. Uh, you know, I've helped uh, develop a lot of things here at Schweitzer, and I've had the privilege of seeing a lot of volunteers flourish in multiple areas, from youth to outreach ministry to, of course, worship and creative stuff. Um, and it has just been a real honor to work alongside volunteers, to see them thrive both in their skills and in their faith, um, and to go on and do some really incredible things with them. As Sarah and I begin to prepare for our time in Texas, um, it's a really bittersweet moment. Um, we are really excited about the life that we get to forge in Dallas, and we're really sad about having to leave Springfield. It has been such a sweet time um, and there have been so many people in Schweitzer and in the community that have reached out to us that have become like family to us. And uh, it is incredibly hard to move away. We're excited about the new adventure that Dallas provides for us. Like I said, the opportunity to reconnect with old friends and to make new friends. Um, and it is really hard for us to imagine what the future holds uh, because life is fleeting and it is hard to make plans for five or ten years and to hold on to them too tightly, but we're trusting in the Lord's guidance. Uh, we know that He is calling us back home, uh, back to our families. Um, and so, for as familiar as it is, it's also really scary and it feels brand new in some ways. And so we appreciate the way that you have come alongside of us, have prayed for us while we've been here, and are sure that you will continue to pray for us as we leave. Um, just know that, that your support is felt um, that you are, you have been such an incredible place to land for us. 
I just want to say thank you. You have been um, a refuge. You have been a point of learning. You have been uh, iron sharpening iron. You have been so many things. Um, and I would not be who I am without God working through you, through this community and this body um, to forge me into uh, the next version that I need to be so that I can continue God's work in my life, in our world together. Um, and I can't wait to, to see what God has in store for you um, and, I, and know that I am continuing to pray for this transition, for this body of believers, um, that as, as we move forward, um, I can't wait to hear stories and to stay connected um, over the internet and uh, just in person uh, to see what, what God has in store for you. Not here, why not now? 
Thanks everybody, it's been a great day of worship. Thanks Stephanie for keeping us connected and telling us more about what's happening here at Schweitzer. Jason, thanks for the message today on integrity. So important and who do you know that could use some encouragement about integrity in their lives and how God desires that for them. Share on social media with others. And now uh, we really look forward to seeing you next week for week four of The Way of Wisdom. Have a great week. Oh,
Give up on me. You won't give up on me. 